You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify, the brand new and improved You Can Argue That Sports.com. Once again, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. John, some sports guy Hickman. Hey, can I call it what it is? Go right ahead. A slow, slow grind weekend. I mean, oh, my gosh. It hasn't really been that much news. However, we are here to bring you a show, and I'm a big conspiracy theorist. Did ex-Broncos DN Derek Wolf choose Baltimore over the Houston Texans simply because he didn't want to deal with Bill O'Brien? And we know that that has been somewhat of a circulating, or at least around the NFL, amongst players, circulating uh, news like, hey, uh, you, you really don't want to go to Houston. This guy is a maniac. Do you really want to deal with him? Do you really want to put up with that? Or did he choose the Baltimore Ravens simply because he has the best chance to win the championship there? And we finally hear from Randall Cobb. Let's, so we'll get a chance to dive in to see what he said. Cody, before we even get into some sports, my brother, how has your weekend been going? Uh, my weekend been going pretty good. I'm always working, always trying to improve on my craft and, you know, just finding different ways to just improve. What about you, my man? You know what? I've taken this weekend to have a me weekend, a self <laughs> weekend. You know what I mean? I do have a question for you, which we can save uh, for the end of the show. Top five moments in Houston sports history that was tweeted to us by the electrifying phenom so I kind of wanted to uh get your take on that now as far as Derek Wolf Derek Wolf drafted second round 2012 with the Denver Broncos who has experienced and played in a Super Bowl won a Super Bowl just decided to choose the Baltimore Ravens over the Houston Texans now, like I said, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Was this doing part of the fact that how many of these guys, grown men that play football, want to actually deal with Bill O'Brien? Or did he just talk to his advisors, talk to his friends, talk to his family, talk to some of the guys around the league that he respects and made the decision that, hey, I think Denver, I think Denver and I have ran its course. I believe Baltimore will be the next team to host that trophy. That is where I need to go. Um, I personally do believe that his decision did not hinder on the drama that's surrounding the Texans right now, but it has more to do with him being part of a team who has one of, if not the best chance to win a Super Bowl. You take a look at the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, heading into the 2020 season, there are two teams in the AFC conference who can actually win the Super Bowl. It was three, but one of those teams took a dramatic step back to the point, oh man, it's going to be a while before they be looked at as contenders again, but that's neither here or there right now. But 
when you take a look at what the Baltimore Raven is versus where where the Houston Texans are, the Baltimore Ravens are by far the favorite, once again, if not the second favorite team to win the Super Bowl title. You take a look at the damage and how great their 2019 season was led by MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson. They have a solid defense, but I do believe that they're going into this free agency, looked at Baltimore and say, hey, this is a team that has a solid defense. You saw they struggled to stop the run game, especially in their 28 to 12 loss against the Tennessee Titans, where Derrick Henry ran for almost 200 yards. I believe his total was like 190 or 195, somewhere along those lines. But I do believe Wolf looked at that team, looked at that defense to say, hey, if I sign with the Baltimore Ravens, there is a good possibility I can help their front seven stop a, 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 a great run game in Henry. And we, I can be the difference maker in helping this team win the Super Bowl. And also, hey, you take a look at his age. How old is Derek Wolf right now? 30 years old. He's 30. Pretty soon, he's going to be knocking on the door of the other side of 30. He do not want to be a player who has so much weight on his shoulders if he were to sign with Texans. I mean, hey, you take a look at the Texans defense. Yes, you're going to be playing with one of the best defensive players in J.J. Watt. But here's the problem. You don't know when Watt is going to get hurt. And that's not a knock against Watt. But this is a guy who has had problems every single season trying to stay on the field yes a front seven with wolf and watt does sound really really good but how often are you going to get that parent you know so i i don't believe in your conspiracy theory unfortunately i do believe that wolf's decision even though he will make a great addition to houston i do believe wolf's decision is more due to the fact that hey I can be a difference maker on a Super Bowl contending team. I can help them get over the hump. Like I said, you saw they had problems in stopping Derrick Henry like every other team in the NFL did this year, especially the back half of the season. But I do believe he looked at that and said, hey, I can be the difference maker of a Super Bowl contending team versus going to a team where, hell, it might be a miracle if they make the playoffs. Nine times out of 10, my body is going to take a beating, and I'm not going to get a ring out of it. Yeah, and you you mentioned the possibility of Wolf and Watt. You know, Wolf played along Von Miller, who credited Wolf for a lot of his sacks because he just came out and said, what Wolf does next to me, he's a beast. So, yeah, that would be nice. And you're right, he will be knocking on 31 next year. This past season had 34 tackles, a career best seven sacks, 33 sacks in his career total. But I think he just made the best decision for himself. And I know we we, we mentioned how the possibility of missing out on players may be a, a real thing due to what's been taking place with this franchise in the last two or three weeks. But not in this case. Wolf just chose the best position for him. He turned 30 in February. And one thing I do like about Wolf that I wish we were getting here in Houston is his dependability. He started 16 games as a rookie, and he has started in every game he played in for the Broncos, which totals out to 108. Now we have to talk about Randall Cobb, 
who is also a new Texan, did not go to another team. Even after the Cowboys signed Mike McCarthy, he decided to come here in Houston a little bit down the road. What will this mean? And we finally get the chance to hear from Randall Cobb. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans. John, as you mentioned, we have a new Texan by the name of Randall Cobb. And you said it, I said it, the fans said it. If we still had DeAndre Hopkins, the addition of Randall Cobb would have been so much more exciting. But unfortunately, we don't have Hopkins. We had we, we sent him off last week with, with a very emotional farewell. But um, I'm actually kind of excited, looking towards the future, I'm actually kind of excited to see what Randall Cobb can bring to this team. Um, you and I actually had an opportunity to sit in on the conference call that the Texans gave with all the rest of the writers and reporters in Houston um, to welcome Random Cobb. It was a phone conference only due to the fact that we all cannot get together right now due to the epic pandemic that's going around. But Randall Cobb actually had some pretty interesting things to say on his introductory conference. And one of the things that caught my eye, well, caught my ear, was the fact that he compared this Houston Texans team to the Green Bay Packers, a team that he spent his first eight season in the league with. I believe he became a pro, bowl, pro bowler in 2014, where he recorded over 1,000 reception yards. And he also went as far as to compare Deshaun Watson to a young Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I like that. Only difference between Rodgers and Watson is just that, well, one of them in a very young career went ahead and got a championship after waiting behind Brett Favre. And uh, <laughs> Watson had to wait behind Tom Savage. But uh, that was only for one game. I, I like the signing of Rendakov. I like it even more now that we have to come to grips with there's no more DeAndre Hopkins. Last year, Will Fuller caught uh, 49 catches for 670 yards and three touchdowns in 11 games, which was the most that he's had since his rookie year. Kenny Steele's had 40 catches for 561 yards and four touchdowns in 13 games. So we will have a, you know, normally it's a running back by committee. Now we will have a receiving core by committee. Everybody will have to touch the ball in order to move this offense. And I'm okay with that because I believe Randall Cobb is one guy of this entire madness that can really help with this. Another thing I like about Randall Cobb, since 2011 until now, he's played in 15 or more games, six out of his nine years. So he's very dependable, very dependable. And the biggest contribution that Randall Cobb can bring, it doesn't take a lot for him to have big contributions to the game. It doesn't. So whether or not he's getting a lot of targets, that remains to be seen. We'll wait and see how that plays out. But the targets that he will get, he will be able to do some damage with. Now, the concern about that is, well, you were playing in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers where everybody can look good, even outside of your 1,300-yard season that you had. And then last year you had 800 uh, 28 yards on 55 catches, which averaged 15.1. But you also played on the inside with Michael Gallup on one side and then a Mark Cooper on Mark Cooper on the other side. So your job hasn't been 
that hard. However, Kenny Stills, is he a number one? Is he a number two? No. Will Fuller, can Will Fuller be a good number two in this league with a possible chance of being a number one for the Texans? We'll wait and see. His issue has always been what? Missing games. Well, Randall Cobb is a guy that we know what David Johnson can do. We know what Duke Johnson can do out of the backfield. You mix in Randall Cobb into some of that. Then this offense can have some uh, versatility. What we are going to need is play calling. All of this comes down essentially to play calling, being creative with getting the ball into these guys' hands so they can make things happen as we are without DeAndre Hopkins now, a guy we can just trust to throw the ball up, he'll go out there and go get it. And I 100% agree with you. I do believe that this offense is going to come down to basically the smart play calling, not just calling plays, but the smart play calling of the Houston Texans. Now, when we were on that conference call and I wrote this down in my notes and I know that I'm going to throw a curveball here, but I, I want you guys to listen to me. And John, I want you to also let me know how you feel about this as well. You mentioned that we have Will Fuller, you have Kenny Stills, you have Randall Cobbs, you know, right off the bat, regardless of who's going to be the primary receiver, it's going to be those three guys on the field week in and week out barring injuries. You mentioned that this is going to be a wide receiver core by committee. I personally do believe when you take out the feelings of, man, we gave up one of the best players that this franchise has ever seen. I personally do believe when you take a look at these three talents, because at the end of the day, Steels, Cobb, and Fuller, neither one of those three guys are scrubs. And, and like I've always said, especially all last week, that we basically have three good second-tier receivers. If one of them can step up and be that man receiver for the Texans, hey, that'll be awesome. But like you say, if the play calling is right, I personally do believe that this Texans offense might be a little bit better than the one that we saw last season just due to the fact, hey, with Hopkins on the field, you know 80% of the time the ball is going to be in his hand, which made the Texans pretty predictable on what they were going to do. Now, heading into the 2020 season, you were on the field. Let's say you have Steels in the middle. You got Cobb on one side, Fuller on the other. And you can also line up, and you can also line up David Johnson as an inside receiver as well, because he was basically a receiver turned running back when he got into the league. I personally do believe that it won make the Texans a little bit more predictable, and two, with a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who can basically create something out of nothing, I do believe that the Texans might be a better offensive team heading into the 2020 season. I know that's a stretch. I know that's a curveball when you look at the talent, the, the generational talent that this team gave up, but once again, if you take, take, take out the feeling, take out the emotional attachment all of us had to DeAndre Hopkins, and you take a look at, man, we actually have more players, more weapons, more opportunities to be a quote-unquote swift army nice offense, the addition of Randall Cobb basically opened up this offense a lot more. And once again, man, I, I, I do believe there is a possibility. Like you say, it's going to come down between the, the play calling of, 
of of the guys on the sideline. But I do believe there is a chance that we can see a more power, uh, a more high power offense just due to the fact that, yes, we might not have that one guy that we can throw it to night in and night out. But the fact that we have multiple guys, multiple guys who can step up night in and night out on that football field. Texans might be better than what we all originally thought when that deal went down two weeks ago. I would agree if we still had. Hey, I like your your point of maybe this offense could be a little bit better uh, because of how unpredictable it will be. We both agree it comes down to play calling. I just would have liked this offense a lot more if we still would have had Hopkins. Now, I'm not going to stay on that. We've gave our goodbyes. We, we did our, you know, DeAndre Hopkins show. What, uh, what Randall Carr brings to this team is, is tremendous simply because he's more trustworthy than the other two receivers that we have, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. And here's the thing. The key about making this entire offense work, two things. We both mentioned play calling. Number two, Will Fuller has to stay healthy for 15 games. The Texans picked up his option. We'll be paying him a little bit over $10 million. We need to see him for 15 games. And the only reason why it's not 16, things happen. So Will Fuller can be that stretch down the field that, you know, that can fly past everybody. Ryan McCall, McKenzie's can do the rest. We have the Johnson brothers in the backfield. You can move both of those guys out. Then maybe this offense can be fluid enough to move down the field. Welcome back in, everybody. So we're always on Twitter, and we have some of the best followers, listeners, um, I consider, on Twitter. Always fun. Always giving great suggestions, whether it's shows to watch. By the way, I hope you guys have been watching Ozark, but did anybody catch the Tiger King? Have you seen the Tiger King? Cody, Cody, you don't watch. I heard of the Tiger King. I saw it trending. It's like the number two trending film to watch on Netflix in 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 the I guess in the world right now. What is Tiger King like? Like what is it? It's about this man named Joe Exotic who went on. Crazy Pat had beef with this lady named Carol Baskin, had friends all over the country that were selling tigers, uh, breeding tigers, had a zoo, and it all came crashing down. It's a very great documentary. It's fun. It's funny. Is it sad? A little bit. But does it get weird and crazy? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Speaking of weird and crazy, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the Electrified Phenom, you know, he tweeted out a few of us, uh, me, you as well, Cody, Seth Payne, uh, the Landry Locker, Lopez on sports. He, he tweeted out a few of us and just wanted to know top five Houston moments uh, in regards to sports. Now, I think we can all agree that the Astros winning the World Series is going to be top five, right? Oh, yeah. But here, here's my question. And this is the only reason why I haven't answered this. I haven't answered the question yet, only due to the fact that I'm kind of confused. Does he want to know your personal 
favorite Houston sports Personal. moment or just Houston sports moment of all time? That's the thing. I, I, let's go with personal. This I saw JT. I, I saw JT Gatlin tweeted that question, and that's the only reason why I haven't answered at the time of this recording. And I'm waiting to see is this personal or all time. I hope it's personal because you know I'm biased. <laughs> let's do personal. Okay, personal. Top five favorite moments. You want me to go first? Let's go. I can, but can okay. we agree the Astros winning the champion? championship is in there if i gotta say personal it's not in there okay it's not in there i'm not gonna say it's not in there maybe it might be an honorable mention it's not um, in the five <laughs> I, i'll be i said like i say mate well yeah yes it's in the five number five for me okay because i, I honestly i just got into baseball what was it 2016 so and then when i started really watching the Astros the very first year that I watched them from the beginning to the season to the end of the season. They're one, they, they won the world series. So I, 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 I was happy they did, but at the same time, my appreciation for that title does not compare to the biggest Astro fans who stuck with them through thick and thin during the time when nobody was at their game. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, that's why I say it might be an honorable mention to me. Uh, you know what? It's an honorable mention. It's tough, okay. but it's an honorable mention. But my top five favorite Houston sports moment, number five will be DeAndre Hopkins' catch to seal the deal against the Dallas Cowboys. That is by far, that, that might be my favorite Texan moment of all time, just due to the fact it's the Texans versus the Cowboys. It was it was just a fun game, went into overtime. That, that right there was one of my favorite moments. My fourth favorite moment was watching the draft, falling asleep on the draft, and waking up to see the Houston Texans have traded up and selected Deshaun Watson. That right there is by far one of my favorite Houston moments because no nobody expected that. Nobody expected that. Number three will be James Harden's shot in overtime to beat the Golden State Warriors in Oakland last season. That game right there was phenomenal. Um, I, I believe James Harden, I might be mistaken, he had like a 40-point triple-double. I mean, he hit the shot over Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Draymond, yep. He he looked at Draymond, said something, ran back to the bench, and 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 pointed at Gerald Green and said, "Oh, I'm MVP two times, two times." It's like that picture after he hit the shot and looked at Draymond Green. That picture is my header on Twitter. Number two, number two, and number one revolves around my all-time favorite player, Tracy McGrady. Number two will be. Tracy McGrady, 13 points in 35 seconds. I was in the sixth grade. I remember watching that game, losing my mind. The shot that this man was making, like, oh, my God. It was one by far one of my favorite moments of my childhood. And number one, I watched the documentary last night. This was actually my third time watching this documentary. The Houston Rockets 
22 game win streak. I remember why I was the night when we lost against the Golden State Warriors. Bill Warrell was saying it's going to take a miracle for the Rockets to make the playoffs. I'm sitting there in my home saying, damn, we are not going to make the playoffs. They beat the Utah Jazz. Next thing I know, they ruled off 22 games in a row. It was so much fun by far. Not only my favorite moment in Houston sports history, one of my favorite moments in in sports in general. That was so fun watching this city say the Rockets suck to, oh my God. I remember after we beat the Lakers, one of my favorite moments was at the end of the game, T-Mac looked over at Kobe and all Kobe had to do was just smile and laugh and shake his head as they dapped up and they parted ways. Because nobody, nobody in their right mind believed that at the time, the Houston Rockets were going to set a record for 22 straight wins in a row, which was at the time the second longest winning streak in, in the NBA history. It, it, it was it was it was fun, man. It was fun times, man. I love T-Mac in Houston, man. I'm going to go with the Astros winning the championship at five. I'm going to go. Now, they ended up losing this series four to one. It was a game four back in Houston, the Rockets versus the L.A. Lakers. And uh, that's when we had Mike James, the franchises last season, Mobley's last season. <laughs> uh, that game, that game was rocking. So that's one of my favorites at number four. Number three will be the 22-game win streak. Oh, my gosh. Number two. Number two. Hmm. J.J. Watt running it back against the playoffs, against Andy Dalton and the Bengals in the playoffs Mm. for that 70-yard touchdown. Um, That is what put J.J. Watt on the map. Number one was a moment, just a moment, of excitement when I saw Tracy McGrady dunk on was at Sean Bradley in the first yes. round of the playoffs. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 what I did in the words that came out of my mouth at that time, my mom almost had to put me out the house. So those are my favorite Houston moments. And guys, let us know what your favorite moments are as well. Thank you to the Electrifying Phenom for actually helping us out with the show today. You didn't even know it because it's a slow day. So we appreciate that last topic. You know, we try to keep a little fun towards the end. And to be honest, you know, you mentioned that 71-yard touchdown run from J.J. Watt. You mentioned when the Rockets, you know, they lost four games to one against the Lakers. I do remember that game, game four. I just remember Steve Francis hitting back-to-back shot in the Toyota Center was going crazy. I was at home going crazy. It just lets you know. It sounds simple to pick top five moments in Houston sports, but it lets you know how great and how great of a rich history this team, well, this city has when you look back and reflect, and reflect on all the great players, all the great teams that have come in and out of Houston, no matter if it was the Astros, Texans, Oilers, Rockets, um, the Commons. How can I forget the Commons? It just seems like the Houston should have more championships than the ones that they have. Yeah, well, we know how 
things always happen. Like the uh, <clears throat> NBA missing the clear out of bounds call on Kevin Durant. But that's neither here nor there. I can talk about how the NBA has cheated the Rockets all over again. Well, but then, you can't. That really, would get me pissed off. Well, you can't really say that because it wasn't the NBA who went out there and missed 22, 27 straight three pointers. In a game seven, what they could have won if by the time they missed the fifth one, they should have changed up their game plan. That wasn't the NBA fault. That was Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets' dumb fault. Don't get me started. I won't. I won't. Kevin Durant stepping out of bounds had nothing to do with that. That wasn't even the same game. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. As always, follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Along with the Locked On Texans page, Locked On Texans, tweet us all the time. Let us know what you want to hear from. We will revisit calling in this week. So when we do, be ready. We will put the number out on Twitter. And then we can have some fun, ladies and gentlemen. As I try to calm down, just thinking about that awful game seven. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until tomorrow, stay safe, stay sanitized, stay safe. Peace, Houston. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.